Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast. I'm Jules Hilliard, founder and CEO of Secure Block Technologies, bringing you the industry's first blockchain operations center, or BOC for short. Monitoring analytics, security, and validation for all of your chains, nodes, and dApps from one single pane of glass. From developers, enterprise companies tapping into the many benefits of blockchain, our BOC will optimize your DevOps cycle, or Dev Chain Ops as we call it, and expedite your next-gen chains and dApps into production. For more information, please visit our website at secureblocktech.com. And please subscribe, hit that like button, and share this podcast with your colleagues to help us in our efforts to stimulate the mass adoption of blockchain technology. Now let's jump in. Artificial intelligence is the name of the game today. and We're going to explore how AI can change the blockchain and vice versa. We have a great group today as we discuss how blockchain can be leveraged to maximize AI's potential. And it doesn't stop there. We're gonna take it one step further and flush out how blockchains can serve as the master brain, if you will, across multiple AI systems. But I'm gonna stop here and get the smart people on this podcast involved. Joining us today, we have the privilege of welcoming the uh, calmest and gentlest Mad Max Michael Brown. Michael is the founder and CEO of Cloud9 AI. We met Michael earlier this year. We are both an upcoming portfolio venture in SoCal's most prolific accelerator, Expert Dojo. Brian and Team Expert Dojo, if you're listening, keep up the great work. Michael, thank you for joining us today. Would you mind taking a quick minute and tell our audience a little about what you and your team are doing over at Cloud9 AI? Hey, Jules and John. Uh, Jules, great to see you, and I appreciate the invitation. Uh, yes, so at Cloud9, we're using AI and blockchain um, within the healthcare space so that healthcare enterprises can uh, share data securely with their existing uh, enterprise systems. Fantastic. And, and I definitely know that. And I'm, I'm glad the audience does too. Everyone, make sure you check out uh, Cloud9AI's uh, website uh, as well for more information. They're uh, doing some very exciting things. And we're going to discuss that a little more on this podcast. Before we jump in, you know, we're, we're, we've got one, one uh, team member down today. Uh, Mr. Joel Semangan isn't going to be able to make it. He's here in mind, just not in body. But we do have the man on the moon himself, Mr. John Artificial Intelligence Hooks, our resident AI aficionado and CAIO. Welcome, John. Hi, Jules. I'm ready for blast off. <laughs> All right. Well, you're always ready for a blast off, my friend. All right. Well, let's jump in. You know, we're going to, we've got a lot to cover today. I know it's just the three of us, but we've got a lot to cover. So I really want to start with just the basics, how blockchain can benefit AI. Michael, let's kick this podcast off with you as, as you and your team are the AI specialist. Can you please tell the audience, what are some of the benefits of combining AI and blockchain? Yeah, sure. Well, when you combine the two, um, it's just it becomes more efficient for enterprises to be able to use and implement into their organizations. Um, it's just more cost efficient. And since we deploy it as a um, we deploy our systems as a SaaS application, um, it's immediately interoperable with existing um, investments. And so. That's why we're using it currently, just more efficient and it's scalable and reduces latency. Absolutely. And I, I think the, everyone is turning to AI for those very reasons. John is a big, bad data scientist and data engineer. You've seen big data change the world. 
how do you see blockchain and AI now taking big data to the to the next level, if you will? Yeah, well, uh, Michael just mentioned, you know, AI provides an enterprise big data repository solution that unifies across uh, data information silos into a unified uh, and immutable infrastructure, which keeps data current, uh, encrypted, and secure in real time, and thus providing a single source of truth. By ensuring interoperability with existing infrastructure, there really is no need to rip or replace existing enterprise investments. By classifying big data with augmented intelligence, uh, we really uh, see an enablement of real-time intelligence on traditional data stores in the enterprise and an array uh, of machine-generated data. So as Michael mentioned, you know, augmented intelligence will redefine and revolutionize data management. Uh, the AI component enables rapid ingesting of data directly from the data source for a complete view of data and provides a many-to-many -many relationship using associative methodology. So no data is ever left behind uh, ever, ever again. So ingesting data without supervision has never been easier since unsupervised learning can be deployed to associate these data sets which offers a significant improvement in speed and scale as compared to traditional methods uh, that rely more on developers creating hard-coded rules. And, you know, by using AI to provide distributed ledger methodology, transactions are verified atomically, and therefore we're able to provide data domain drive intelligence of every transaction while producing as many shared ledgers as desired or required as the quote technology of trust and secure network distribution this digital ledger we're talking about combined with ai increases verifiable and faster data transactions while processing you know, up to over a million transactions per second and further this digital ledger is stored as a factorially encrypted uh, byte array uh, protecting from unauthorized use, uh, the data, you know, and access modification and redistribution of, of the same. Jules? No, fantastic. Thank you, John. I think that's a, it's a great intro and great opening. Uh, let's do, let's get, let's dig in a little bit. You know, I want to talk a little bit about explainable AI and blockchain and the single source of truth. You know, we, we touched on this last week. Maybe we can, you know, go, go a little deeper this week. Now, one of the more significant problems with deep learning is that there isn't a clear idea about what impulse result and what output and how that affected the whole sequence. If something goes wrong in deep learning and neural network, we don't have a clear idea of how to identify the problem and correct it. You know, Michael, if you don't mind, can you explain to our audience the concept of augmented intelligence and how you see it as an important component to trusted AI? Yeah, so the reason why we use augmented intelligence, it's um, about harnessing uh, human intuition, human creativity, and human expertise. Um, especially when you're in the healthcare space, what you don't want to do is eliminate the expertise that we have from academics, scientists, and researchers. And so what we're using AI for is basically organizing the data so that these researchers can use it to actually uh, um, go through the data discovery process. 
And so by using our system, um, which is a, um, a, a parallel processing network, meaning that it's normalizing data, it's um, correlating data, it's also creating a generic data model for scientists and researchers to immediately start to use and share data. Um, and then um, by adding um, data privacy requirements for each of the countries that were crossing borders and sharing data, um, because we have to meet GDPR requirements, HIPAA requirements. And so all of those things become algorithmic. And so that enables us to share the data across borders while meet a data, data privacy requirements. And so, um, and then the ROI on top of it is that we can allow, when you aggregate the data into a single source of truth, what you do is you also allow the users to immediately plug into the system so they can see what's happening um, while the data is being processed and cleansed. Um, it also provides um, transparent results and, and evidence, basically explainable AI. And um, it allows the users to add any type of uh, business requirements or incorporate any type of federated learning along the way because a lot of times this is the first time they're able to see data in real time and then they want to incorporate any type of additional um, business models or uh, uh, across the network. So that's what it allows them to do. Oh, good stuff. No, thank you, Michael. John, why don't you jump in here and, and, and tell the audience, you know, what challenges and opportunities do you see with using blockchain to enhance the outputs of AI models used to drive use cases in enterprises? Well, the biggest challenge I see is that the growth of the IT devices, uh, with them expected to be in the billions by 2025, the enterprise architectures will struggle to keep up with unstructured data. Uh, we think the opportunity AI provides is a way to create the infrastructure needed to keep up with this machine-generated data while reducing latency to analyze real-time machine-generated data. AI, if properly deployed, orchestrates a seamless high-value gathering of unstructured data while updating any modified business rules. Where the value will be realized within uh, financial services, healthcare, and other enterprises will be the reduction of operational costs. Uh, in healthcare, particularly the operational cost of running a healthcare provider or payor can be staggering because HMOs have literally tens of thousands of employees. So AI in healthcare is cutting those costs by letting providers at every user level increase their efficiency and providing real-time data at the rate of machine-generated data. The results provide more time for patient care along with additional resources for the healthcare organization with more time for the patient combined with significantly improved outcomes. Jules? Oh, fantastic. Agreed, John. Agreed. Thank you. And um, let's transition. You know, I, I think we're, uh, I'd like to make a move. We, we started this topic as well last week. It's another great one. I think everyone wants to hear more about, you know, and that's the impact of AI on IoT and edge computing. You know, John, again, we talked last in last week's podcast about this. Can you take us through a deeper dive on how, how can AI and blockchain help enterprises deal with the data being thrown off these devices in real time? Yes, Jules, the statistics we talked about last week relative to the number of IoT devices 
currently used and expected to be deployed in the near future are indeed staggering. I think I mentioned the number of billions before. Companies and organizations that use complex systems to deliver goods and other assets are hard-pressed to leverage the massive data that's generated from these devices. So in order to do this effectively, well-defined and well-managed set of services must be used to encapsulate functionality, isolate sensitive data, enable responsive and efficient scaling, and provide a framework for future improvements. Further, an event-driven architecture must be deployed to construct fast and uh, responsive systems, but also provide support for alternate modes of operation. At a more granular level, AI enables data consensus using distributed ledger technology or blockchain and requires less work per transaction due to no overhead of hashing uh, with a transaction integrity with encryption that synchronizes and reduces the probability of hackability. Uh, this results in fast performance with no miners to maintain the operation of the blockchain network. This architecture implemented properly as a model can house all transactions needed to high handle high concurrency and high frequency transactions. So a distributed ledger using AI is a key enabling technology platform to support complex multi-party and trusted transactions. Jules? Absolutely, and, and Michael, we were discussing this previously as well. You wanna jump in here? I know you guys got some great use cases that, that could possibly tie into this topic. Yeah, thanks, Jules. Um, one, John had mentioned so many areas in terms of IoT devices to unpack, and I can tell you, so some of the some of the use cases that we're working on with some of the, with the hospitals or providers is that the as John mentioned, the number of IoT devices are just um, um, increasing, and they're expected to go up. And one of the main issues that they have with these IoT devices is that they're the most vulnerable areas for uh, cyber attacks because they have to be integrated uh, into the hospital um, at the time of their deployment. And um, just to give you an idea, um, a 500-bed hospital currently has, on average, 15 IoT devices per bed. And in the next five years, that's expected to increase to almost double you know, 225 devices per bed. And so um, the increased urgency for managing the data, not only um, the privacy of each individual, but also the data, because the data that's being transmitted from these IoT devices, a lot of it is unstructured. And so there's nothing um, available to actually capture and process the amount of data that all of these devices are, 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 are emitting. And so by using AI, um, combined with humans, we're able to capture that unstructured data and retain its context. That's the most important part is that when we're capturing the data, we're retaining the contextual element of the data as well. And in healthcare, when you're dealing with data that's genomic data and healthcare data, a lot of that data needs to retain its contextual element, especially when you're um, dealing with scientists and uh, researchers. Jules? Uh, absolutely, Michael. Yeah, definitely. And 
I think that's a good way to, to, to wrap that and roll right into, you know, our final segment. We're going to throw in an extra one here, keep the ball rolling. And even though uh, our CISO resident, Joel, isn't with us today, I do want to touch on a little bit about responsible AI and data security. Um, dangerous ground for the man on the moon here, John. <laughs> what is responsible AI, especially in regard to data security and privacy? Well, responsible AI can mean many things. It can mean reducing the model bias, uh, enhancing data privacy, uh, providing fair pay for members of the AI supply chain, and more. In any sense, responsible AI is expected to become a key focus for many companies in 2021 and beyond and grow in importance you know, over the next five years. Uh, there is also a growing push for sustainable AI which supports an approach in which the positive and negative aspects of uh, AI and their impact on people and society are just as important uh, or more important in some cases as the commercial benefits or efficiency gains. Uh, at a security-specific level, however, AI pinpoints patterns and event data streams that identify revenue leakage or maintenance and safety issues so investigation teams can act upon a single, continuously updated and prioritized queue of leads, for example, uh, by analyzing data from multiple systems and applying AI with machine learning algorithms, AI detects uh, non-technical loss, quantifies the loss at stake, and then prioritizes leads for investigation. Uh, AI has a built-in capability that provides a secure, extremely hack-resistant, human memory-like model designed to preserve every transaction to recognize, memorize, identify, and uh, contextualize the reasoning of creating immutable data using quantum encryption, for example. Uh, managing through the entire life cycle of investigation, confirmation, and closure so that investigators can identify trends and develop long-term revenue Assurance plans is part of that uh, that pattern recognition system we're talking about. And, you know, Jules, the need for data privacy is not new. It's been around since the invention of uh, punch card looms in 1725 as the first real data storage. So given the ubiquity and availability of data today, how does society, industry, and government uh, balance this voracious need for data with the protections that consumers are demanding. Uh, can legal structures help to manage the inherent conflict between AI and privacy? And what is privacy anyhow in 2020 and beyond? Jules? Absolutely, you know, uh, we, you know, fighting the cybersecurity battle has been a losing battle for some time and, and hopefully we can turn the tide. I did want to also uh, thank you for uh, letting us know your first job was it 1725 was that a first job out of college John? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thanks for staying with us. Hey, Michael, you and I have flushed out you know healthcare you know many times in our talks over over the last few years we've gotten to know each other and you know flushed out each other's uh, technology. You want to jump in here with a use case and then tie it into what you're doing over at Cloud Nine AI. Yeah. So in terms of uh, what we're using it right now uh, at the enterprise level, a lot of the enterprises are using it for reconciling data. And it's particularly um, particular to uh, claims data, claims management, 
uh, Medicare, Medicaid claims management data, and then um, a lot of the use of the data that they're collecting is used for inventory management, like PPE, medications that are dispensed, um, x-rays, and then trying to determine, and then what they're also trying to do in terms of managing that claim is um, a lot of the providers and payers are trying to implement a, uh, a patient-first um, care strategy, except that the the challenges that they have is that the infrastructure that they currently have in place is already in place. And so changing one component is difficult um, to run, to go through the entire organization. So in collecting the data from claims information, they're trying to um, create a low cost personal care plan for individuals where they can use uh, some of these mini clinics in um, different areas where some um, patients don't have to um, go directly to the emergency room or hospital. And that's where a lot of the cost is actually increased whenever, a, whenever an individual has to go into a hospital. And um, some, so some of the payers and providers, what they're trying to do is grab the data that is um, low cost, and what they can do is provide an estimate at the point of care so that individuals know what they have to pay right off the bat instead of um, waiting to play that dance whenever they file a claim and they might spend uh, 90 to 180 days to try to collect that data or collect that payment on that claim. The other component that they're using it for um, um, in, in the healthcare space is for uh, medical research. Um, as I mentioned, there are uh, there's several there's a lot of data that's being collected not only for pandemic research but also for uh, cancer research. And the issue that they have with scientists is creating a generic data model and then sharing it across um, a global enterprise. And so we have some scientists that are look like, uh, for example, at the World Health Organization, where they're located in Geneva, Switzerland, you might have 3,000 scientists that are located in Geneva, but because of the partnerships and uh, uh, paid partnerships that they have with uh, over 90 to 100 countries that might also include universities, they have to share that data uh, across the country with uh, maybe 15,000 scientists. And so complying with a lot of the data sovereignty laws, being able to share the data, uh, those are some of the components that we're working on at a large scale. And then at a small scale, we're also working on creating a, uh, helping uh, individuals create a personalized care plan for, uh, in order to reduce some of their healthcare costs as well. So thanks, Jules. No, fantastic. Fantastic. Now, what a great uh, combination of uh, blockchain and AI in theory, as well as real world application. And on that note, I think we should call it a wrap, my friends. I'm pretty sure there are brains melting in our listening audience. A tremendous amount of good information to research in this segment. Michael, thank you for your time and dazzling intellect today, my friend. I appreciate it, Jules. I will see you soon. Absolutely. I sure hope so. And John, as always, buddy, thank you for bringing your uh, personal artificial intelligence to the podcast, pun intended. <laughs> always my pleasure, Jules. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's just I'm feeling frisky today. And to our great audience, as always, we hope that you found this podcast interesting and informative. Please join us again next week as we continue to build the bridge between blockchain technology and the enterprise.